Hello, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Ongakadu, the podcast where three friends come together and break down what's new in the Japanese music industry. This is the podcast for the week of April 30th, 2021. I'm your host, Ken, and with me we have Gray. What's happening, dudes? And that's pretty much it. This week is a Dos Compadre episode as Luna is under the weather from the second lovely shot that, that she got. <laughs> so, Yes. She was hoping to be better by now, but she got hit hard by it. So we wish her the best of luck and hope she gets the feeling better soon. Yeah, so I, I have no idea what's going to happen. <laughs> I'll just assume that I won't be on for mine as well. So good luck to that. <laughs> yeah, I still need to get my first shot. So I'm, I'm behind the curveball. Yeah, how have you been and what you've been listening to, bro? Uh, I've been pretty good. Uh, I've been listening to... Uh, a variety of things. Uh, I'm still enjoying uh, enjoying Ina Nice Show EP. I know the end. That that's been my favorite release so far this year. Honestly, it's like four great songs. I get to listen to on repeat. I have been listening to Star by Bish. I've been listening to. I'm still listening to Haku and uh, their three singles that they have out. I've also been listening to. Oishi Masayoshi's latest single, Imperfect, which we will talk a lot more about next week. And I've been going back and listening to Union by OXT, which is also his group, and been enjoying that as well because I've been on a Gridman kick. And fun fact, if you watch the anime Gridman, uh, the music video serves as a continuation of the story of Gridman in a very interesting way. What have you been listening to, bud? Uh, so I've been listening to a bunch of interesting things. So I I actually think you should listen to Yuri's new song, Hiko Osen, because he takes a, a little bit much more of a harder approach. He doesn't just sound like the man with the guitar thing. He just sounds like a oh, okay. natural vocalist so yeah that was, he, he does a little bit more of a rock tone and so i think it's both me and luna agree that probably this was his best song to date and on both of our opinions i think you would really like it okay cool yeah i'll check it out i didn't even know he had one out so cool yeah so i've been listening to that and then i've been listening to tomita labs matt for love single which is actually phenomenal i've been really loving the lo- stuff that's coming off of tomita lab of zole you got this and then his mixtape ep which is actually really really good so i've been also listening to yama again her namai no nai hibihi single is actually really good also the rapper koje sometimes featuring ko it's a little bit hard but it's Overall, composition-wise, it's really, really good. But besides that, nothing too much out of the ordinary. I got you got Daiji Yamamoto's his latest single, "Kill Me," which is really, really good. So, just the various things here and there. So, but since it is a Dos Compadres episode, and especially with you and me, Gray, we always have these every so often for for our sakes. What have you been watching? Yes. Uh, yeah, because we, we don't get to talk about it too much. Uh, I, I have been watching uh, a lot of anime, and we're going to talk uh, about some of these shows next week as well. But I've been really enjoying 86. That is a very interesting show. I, I didn't know what I was getting into when I started watching it, and, and I'm still intrigued by it I, I don't know if i'm loving it yet or not or if i'm just liking it i know there's a lot of people that are liking it but i'm, I'm still like i mean i like it i think it's good but I, i'm giving it more episodes to see if it gets better yeah, i'm telling you you should read the light novel for it because yeah I, we've we've talked about this before your criticisms with this series i think would be explained a little bit more with the light novel because the light yeah. novel is a fairly thick read too yeah i i do get the feeling like you it's pretty obvious just watching the show that a good chunk's been kind of ripped out and i'm like i don't know if i uh because there's moments where there's supposed to be like really 
emotional that kind of fall flat because it doesn't feel like you're with the characters a ton. And they're, they're three episodes in, they're jockeying back and forth between, you know, the team and the girl in the city. So it, it's just like, it, it's just one of those things where it's like, I think if you read the, the light novel, uh, you, you get to spend a little bit more time with the characters. So it, it's one of those things where, uh, but you know, as it is, I don't. I don't think it's a bad adaptation. Uh, yeah, it could be better, but I don't think it's that bad. Something else I've been watching is w- me and the wife are getting caught up on My Hero Academia. We just finished season four. She just watched the movie, the second movie last night. Uh, we're going to start season five within the next day or two, so that's exciting. And then I also been watching Gridman because uh, one of the shows that we're talking about next week is Dina Xenon so I wanted to go back and I wanted to watch Gridman because I never like I watched like six seven episodes of, of it and I never finished it so I went back and I rewatched all of Gridman and that's that very surprising wild. because just on how much you were on that show I had figured you would have watched the rest of it yeah I'm not in so sometimes like what happens is I'm, I'm not really patient so I'll start watching a show really love it and I'll keep up with it for a while and then I'll get busy or something and I'll forget to check to see if they posted like the latest episode and stuff like that and so what happens is I just I eventually just get away from it long enough to where I was like what was what was going on in the plot and then if I can't remember what was going on in the plot I'm like well, you know what? I probably won't watch it, and then I, I just kind of give up on it. There's a there's like several shows where I'm pretty deep into it that I like, but because I went a little longer than needed to to watch the next episode, and I couldn't remember what was going on, I was like, "Well, you can know." I, I I'll go back and rewatch it when I want to rewatch the rest of the series and stuff. So I do recommend it to everybody. I do think it's a great series. And I, I've been watching Dino Xenon, which is really good too. Like, yeah, actually, you, you, unfortunately, you know, I know this will probably be a, a series that I would love, but you know my stance on how they're handling this as of right now. So, yeah, yeah. Well, and my, my wife watched the first two episodes of Gridman with me and the last two episodes. And so she, she started asking me like 982 questions and I was like, you know what? I don't think they've ever addressed this in the show. I'm, I'm sorry. I can't help you. Mm. I think Dinah Xenon is really good. And I think it's one of those shows where the, it, the villains are better defined, they're better explained. It's a lot easier to see what they're after and why they're doing what they're doing. And uh, it, it's interesting. I, I know it's a sequel to Gridman. They say it's in the Gridman universe. But outside of a couple of locations, they like there's well, no reference to Gridman. I mean, it's like the same as saying Sentai Rider at this point, right? <laughs> yeah, I guess. Like, because it's built as the Gridman universe and they... They said specifically that this was a continuation of Gridman. Like, I thought there'd be stronger ties to Gridman and Dino Xenon. Mm. Uh, I, I will confirm that they are in different universe, like different realities. Because there's something that happens in the third episode that was that cannot happen in the original Gridman. So you're like, well, mm. okay. But I still think like somewhere in the back half of the series there'll be some tie-in to Gridman. I I just got a gut feeling about it. So I'm pretty sure, and if not, I mean they'll probably just flesh it out with the with the novels because that's apparently what they were doing with Gridman. Because from what I'm reading here, like a lot of the questions that probably got stamped out was answered in the the novelizations. Probably. And I, I hate it sometimes where you have to go and you have to read the novelization to get better context of things. I've always been a big proponent in you, you need, you, you shouldn't have to go and read supplementary material to understand what you're watching. I, I've always been 
uh, th- that's always been my stance and I always hate it when they're like well if you go and you read the novel it better explains I'm like that's probably true but and, and, and that might make it a you good should be novel, a really but... hating writer then because a lot of the stuff gets gets answered in the novels in their novelizations as well yeah well yeah because usually like a lot of the shows have lingering questions and I I always been like as much as i i love writer i've always kind of like the endings are like up until double like i i was there's only like one or two writer endings i really liked because usually they just leave like several dangling plot threads or they just have some confrontation in the last episode that that wraps everything up and it just it's because it was because how they did it was they just used the movie to supplicate everything yeah, I mean how they rewrote endings because of the endings, especially with Ryuki and Kabuto's certain series. Yeah, yeah, those are the two two that I that came to my mind because I was like, yeah, yeah, but like I love Kiva, you know, I love Kiva, but yeah. even even I would like Kiva's ending is not good. Like it mm-hmm. has one, but I don't think it's any good, and it's just like okay, it, it it's it's the last episode it ends here, and I'm like. Okay, this is a weird note to end on, but okay, uh, you do you, I guess. Mm-hmm. But yeah, after du- after double, like the endings got way better, and well, because yeah. they had a overarching narrative that they wanted to try and do. That's why. Yeah. Well, also, it seemed like they they started writing the shows with an endpoint in mind instead of mm. writing. A concept with no endpoint, which is what a lot of seasons, what the, a lot of the early uh, Heisei seasons were. It's just like, oh, here's a concept, but we don't have an idea of where the story is going to go. Yeah, because they uh, suppl- they supplicate it to the movies, like I do. <laughs> yeah, well, and, and the one that comes to my mind is Fies, because Fies does not have an does not have like a like it has a last episode, but that is not an ending. That is a non-ending if, if I've ever seen one. And it only got it only got uh, supplicated in Showa versus Heisei, so yeah, yeah. Because I, I don't want to spoil what happens at the end of Fies, but I was, when you watch it, you're like, wait, what? This is how it ends? Like, no way. So I, I and I will say I always loved the way Blade ends because I've always felt like. That's a risky way to end the series. I, mm. I thought that that was bold. And I think well, Blade overall, I think personally has is a great series. So yes, it is. It is very good. It's probably one of, one of the stronger ones out of the early ones that they subsequently started to do that that style of writer. Yeah. It's probably one of the stronger ones. Yeah, Blade is really good, and it, it's interesting because that was one of the seasons I struggled to get into. Like, It took me three attempts to get into Blade, but when I finally got into it, I got into it. Well, I mean, even for our mutual friend, we watched the beginning at least a half a dozen times, and he couldn't get into it for a while. I told him, but yeah, if you stick with it, I know the beginning's a little bit dry and a little bit fast-paced because they kind of like don't introduce a lot of things. Yeah, so, well, it's also chaotic because yeah. you're you're. It's one of the seasons where you're thrown into the middle of a conflict. Yeah, and I do think they do a good job of explaining it, but it they're in the beginning. It feels like you're missing some really key important story Main beats. Thing, yeah. yeah, yeah, and so you have to. I don't want to say work past it, but you have to just stick with it, and like because everything does get explained, and you you do get like the full picture. And yeah, the way Bla- the way Blade ends is really good. They can't, they could, they can never write another season that ends the way Blade does, mm-hmm. which, which I really hate. Like I, I mean, the crossover movies can be fun, but I think they really ruin the because uh, because the season can't stand by itself, so the endings are always safe. I think. And there's only like one other season that I, I felt had a mildly risky ending, and that was Build. Build mm. has a pretty risky ending, but other than that, it's like 
the endings usually feel pretty safe like oh hey here's wow. a big bad and you know i mean it, 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 it didn't it never gets concluded in my personal opinion because of how geo started so i i like to think geo's in its own universe for a it is of reasons <laughs> it, it is it's a it's a build for that matter too <laughs> technically yes, is yes <laughs> so and the the one thing i will say that i really like the blade tribute episodes in geo specifically because mm. it's a continuation of blade like i pity the fool that watches geo and not had seen blade because you're gonna you are lost you it's yeah. like you you get a brief explanation of just what, a throw throwaway yeah. line of that uh, i mean it was nice to see these characters come back and return and uh i liked it i liked it a lot it, that, that was one of my more enjoyable tributes which i i think if you watch geo Watch it for the tributes. Don't watch it for the story. That it's all over the place. But no, uh, going back to what I've been watching, uh, I've also been watching, and I know we we talked about this a little bit. I've been watching uh, Kikai Sentai uh, Zenkaiger, the forty fifth anniversary season, and I, I will say, as a person that has a fledgling interest in Super Sentai. I've been enjoying it. I think it's eight episodes into it. I'm having a lot of fun with it. Yeah, I mean, this I've I've been watching it as well. So this series is a very interesting one because of just how they implemented. I mean, I was I was going to plan to have watched this anyway because of the anniversary, but I was very turned off of the the suit designs because yes. I don't I don't. I understand why they used it, but I don't like that fact. I like the team being all people, or people, I'm using that in quotes. <laughs> yes, yes. Some, sometimes they, they go out of universe, but I mean, i I rather have them be people that I can relate. I mean, they've done very well. That who, Junko-san, who's, who's the writer for this series, has been doing very well on how they implemented personalities for the for the other members so but yeah and i think it's 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 going to be an interesting season i think it's going to be a bit more of a story driven season because i know that was one of the bigger debates before the season is like how story driven it's going to be but going off of the first eight episodes there's only like one filler episode everything else has been kind of important to the story well, even, I mean, like the like, filler like, episode is important too. Like, like, I, like I told you, because this person, Junko Komura, who has wrote in it, she she does very good overarching stories. I mean, the series that she has been involved in, that were overarching stories, was Kamen Rider Decayed, Juonger, and, and then at times Power Ranger as well. Yeah, I and I've heard good things about Juonger, but I've not seen that one. But yeah, Kamen Rider Decade has a very good overarching story, and it's done really well. It's done right. So I, I'm, like I said, I, I've enjoyed it. I, I think it's good. I think uh, it's pretty well done. I think the jokes are really good, which is yeah, it's very Showa style of jokes. So it's very boomer jokes. So that can be enjoyed by all styles. I mean, even Showa, Showa humor is very all all comedy humor, so all age yes. comedy humor. So. Yeah, and usually I I think like some of the better movies tend tend to be or just entertainment in general, especially if it's comedy, if it's comedy that's well-rounded for people of all ages. Cuz like there's some like Disney movies like I can go back and watch and it's like you know, yeah, I thought this was funny as as like an eight, nine year old, and you know, I like I can pop in Mulan and still enjoy most of the jokes that are in that movie. Mm-hmm. So, I I think I think uh, if it's written right, it, you know, it doesn't matter like how old you are when you're watching it. So, yeah, like I said, uh, Zen Kaiser has been really good. I I've, I've also been watching Blade. I don't, I don't know if there's a lot to say about Blade or not Blade, Common Rider Saber, and. It's 
been a show. I don't think people have latched onto it for any particular manner. I know that first arc. I, I mean, the first arc was probably the weakest I've ever seen in a long time. That's why. It, so. it, it's, yeah, and it's has more to do with just how rushed it is. I don't think it's a particularly bad arc, and it has good ideas in it. It's just, it is rushed. It is super rushed. And but if you get past the first arc, it does improve. It does get better. And where they're at currently in the story is it, it's interesting. I still feel like there's way too many writers in the season because they keep adding writers. I'm like, please stop, please stop. Uh, I mean, I, I from what I've heard about this it is going to be the knights of the round so of course there's going to be like 12 12 freaking riders going around here right i uh, sort of except well three of the three of the riders are the bad guys currently mm-hmm. uh like the ne- so the next episode we have the next common rider that's going to debut he's at this moment he's the big bad of the season mm-hmm so I'm like, Ugh. and like one of the one of the bad guys has shown that they're gonna turn. So I'm like, oh, okay. And then like one of the characters is going around sealing the weapons. So like some of the writers aren't writers anymore. So you're like, it, it's a mess. It like I think. Don't get me wrong. I think it's good, and it's a lot. It's a lot better than what it was, but it's still a mess in a lot of ways because there's just too many characters. And yeah. maybe, I'm, like I said, like the person that I kind of swear by on if this if series are good is not had told me that Saber had turned around for that second arc, but yeah. he only says only only somewhat decently. So yeah, yeah, because well, for a while there the the. I wouldn't say the protagonist is the bad guy, but like all of the the good guys turn on on the on the lead writer. So for a while there, it's like him versus them, and that was interesting. But more, like now, there's just like more writers, and I'm like, uh... I mean, like I said, it, it's not bad. It's just there's better seasons. I would recommend you like I would recommend people to watch other seasons before they watch Saber. Suit designs are really good though. If if you're a sucker for some badass suits, Commander Saber's got got some really good suit designs. Which is sad because this the, one of the writers for this was the main writer for Ghost, and this was supposed to be their their turnaround, and it doesn't seem that way from what I'm hearing. <laughs> yeah, I I mean, yeah, because it really seemed like Ghost Ghost has some good ideas in it. But it felt like there was a lot of studio meddling with Ghost, and well, like like I said, they they locked themselves into yeah their 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 toy designs overall. So <laughs> yeah, they 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 kind of locked themselves in the toy design, and they also they they really shifted gears and they kind of made it about this invade like this invasion that's going to ha- happen in ghost and then but then like episode 30 happens and then it's 10 episodes before the invasion begins so you have like 10 episodes where nothing really happens because i i find ghost to be a very enjoyable season up until episode 30 and then it it just gets really slow yeah which is very interesting because the person that wrote this uh Nobuhiro Mori He's also the lead writer for the Agronavis project for Bang Dream, so the male the male versions of Bang Dream. So uh, I, okay. I, find, I find that very interesting <laughs> in my point of view. Yeah, and I don't think the the lead writer is bad. Like I think he has good ideas, but it seems like every season he's written of Common Rider, there's a pacing problem. And mm. Hopefully, like Bing Dream, he doesn't have that problem. I, I hope he I gets mean, it figured I, out. I haven't heard anything good of Agro Navi, so <laughs> that tells you something. Yeah, but but then, I will then say again, the first season is always really good, which is really weird because he's also the main writer for Cute Ranger. So, <laughs> oh, I'm only eleven episodes into Cute Ranger, so 
I would I would make the argument Q Ranger feels a little rushed in the beginning because he's, he's also the writer for Geo, but that's that's also committee. So that uh, yeah, the Geo is one of those things. Where it's like I don't know if you could blame a like the lead writer specifically on that show's problems. So. Well, like, the, fact is, the fact that they ran out of things to explain didn't really freaking help them, so... That's true, too. So, And the fact that they kind of rushed through a lot of things... Because it's it's very easy to have written this. They could have written this like how they did Decay. And still have a lot more episodes to fall back on. Yeah. I, I will say, I, I would like to see the lead writer for drive come back a dude's a dude's a genius also i think it's i think it's been enough time like we need another detective theme season of common writer so although they haven't revealed what the next common writer is gonna be. they haven't even revealed because usually i think it's, it's around it, may they'll like we'll get the name the title of the next writer series no but even so it's way too early because they they what they they do it around August September right? Yeah the the premiere will be in September yes but the domain for the usually it gets revealed because they'll they'll go ahead and purchase the domain for the yeah, probably next be around June. season. It'll probably be around yeah. June if that so. I remember Saber being revealed back in May but you could be right it could be June before we hear anything but well I mean. What's really interesting, one of the writers for <laughs> for Drive is one of the writers for Gridman. So. And see, Gridman's a great show. <laughs> like, like, well, he's he, also writing writing Saber, so <laughs> that tells you a lot. Something. <laughs> well, Saber Saber also feels like a design by committee series. Like, I hate to say it, but uh, let's just say this much: a lot of the writers uh, for writer is designed by committee. There's not there's not a single writer. Like how it was before. <laughs> yeah, I build was really good because even but though build like, was also by committee, so <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Like even though it's by committee, like some seasons are better than others. Like I don't know why like the committee can't be consistent. <laughs> like because well, they they want to try different things. things. I mean that that's the whole thing. It's they want to give other people a chance. Yeah. So like the the main writer that did double did drive so uh, yeah that's why i want him back because i'm like yeah like two of my favorite seasons like that guy nailed it like he he knows how to like write like a really good detective theme season with yeah, good characters Sanjo, so even because like even though like they're they're like drive and double are, are a bit more episodic than serialized like the individual mm. episodes are gripping like, like you get involved in each of the cases and and you just enjoy the character so i th- i i would love to see him back but i would also like to see a a smaller writer season like a one two or three writer season uh, no, we, ain't, I, we ain't gonna get that that ain't happening <laughs> happen. because they need the toys yeah yeah i think the guy taught them like if we have 40 writers in the season we can sell 40 writer toys and you're like well you're not wrong so, so i he, i, I will say guy for that <laughs> yeah yeah I, I will say there's only really like there is more than four writers in build but the story really centers around four writers and it works i think i think maximum there's only six so i i think they could scale it back and do a, a more i mean don't get me wrong I, I like it when there's a lot of writers on screen i like the writer versus seasons but in some seasons like they it doesn't seem like they know how to balance all the writers on screen i mean this is the the whole problem with writer in my opinion is because they got so freaking reliant on the writer versus series so that, that's another thing i was like It'd I think be, the be... only time the only time they haven't really done a writer versus series was Ghost. Ghost and technically Geo. Yeah. Cause the big bad Geo's technically not a common writer. But yeah. But... yeah. No, yeah, I mean the... multi multi writer series though. Oh yeah. I and I will say Geo, they, they, they do keep it to uh three. Like there's a fourth writer, but they're in the last episode and only the last episode. So yeah. 
it, it, like they they can still do it, uh, but they they're not going to. We'll we'll see. What have you been watching, bud? No, I mean so, I like I say I don't even know what I'm watching. So, <laughs> I like I like I mentioned, I am watching Zenkaidra as well, because it's it's a fairly good written series. So that that's also really helps it in the long run. But there's I want to say only my hero. That's it. Not really watching anything else. I thought you were watching Overdressed, Cardfight. Overdressed, but no, I dropped it after the third episode because oh. it's it's so it's it's so stupid. I'm so mad at that <laughs> series. It's it's so so stupid. It, I can't. I can't. I, I can't. <laughs> no, I understand. I completely understand. Because it's Common Rider Amazons, but with card fighting mechanics, where they have a very finite story. That they have a very finite story that they want to tell, but then they forgot that they need to add a, a card game in it, and they smush it in at the end. And I really hate that. I really hate that. Our, our mutual friend who also watches this doesn't like this series because he he feel, he feel he's the one that told me, yeah, it feels like coming around Amazons. Where it's just, they have a particular story they want to tell, and I understand that, but... They need to remember what made this series popular. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, also the the card the card battle is like the the driving force of the plot. I mean, that's why that's why you know I watched several seasons of Yu Gi Oh, and like anybody will tell you, it's like what drives the plot forward is that card battle is is the game itself, not like that's how you settle all your conflicts is through the card game. So. If they're settling conflicts and they're not throwing down cards, then like I mean, yeah, you you can, I mean, it can be a show, but why is it called Card Fight Vanguard over you know overdressed? Like it's just it's, it's weird. So yeah. So I mean, there's there's not much that I'm. How are you liking season five? It's all right. I mean, there's at this point I'm just kind of watching it to be in the know. I'm not. There's there's nothing really impressing me <laughs> let's just say that much oh i figured you would really enjoy the first half of season five i don't know like i get the whole the whole thing of class a and class b versus each other and it, it's it is interesting to see the other or the classes b's know all their their stuff because we only got to see like one well, let's say five of them so yeah you <sighs> Up until now, like you've only seen like four, five, six of the max, and to see like all of Class B and all of their quirks is is pretty cool. Also, to see like how the the main Class One A has grown over this over the year is pretty cool. Have they got to Ida yet? No, his his one is next. Okay. This it's this this upcoming episode because they just finished um da, 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 da. the the first round and they were doing a little bit of the second round. Okay, yeah, of the ones. So yeah, I can't, I can't remember really who was in each round and stuff. So I'm like, eh. I know who's in the last round, and uh, I know one character that's in the first round. Uh, yeah, other other than that, it's like I I can't remember. It's been over a year since I've read that part, but it I I did I I liked it. I I thought it was fun uh, for what it is. Yeah, I it's just that that's the thing with this because how they did the series is they made it so huge, complex that stuff like this kind of peg it down a lot more, and that's that's the only grip that I have with season five as of right now oh, okay because uh, I, unless unless there's a big huge fight like how they ended season four with 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 what you call his dad so uh uh and shot and endeavor yeah yeah and endeavor so yeah yeah like, we watched that we watched that fight like god that's a fight that is one hell of a fight <laughs> and it's it's probably up there with my favorite part of the series yeah yeah, all all I'll say is I I don't think you're gonna drop it, but do stick with it. Yeah, I'm not gonna drop it. Like I said, yeah. I'm, I'm watching it at this point to just be in the 
the namesakes, so to speak. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Because well, I need to watch that. I've been, I've been watching other stuff that isn't Japanese. I've been watching Invincible, which is absolutely phenomenal. But that's because I've, I've I read the things. comics. I've, the I've comics heard good things, but I have not big. checked it out yet. It's. I would say if you can watch the first episode and just kind of gauge how you like it from there, because how the first episode, what what the first episode sets up kind of feels how you will take towards this series. If you don't like the first episode, I'm pretty sure you're going to have a rough ride with the series. <laughs> well, uh, I know the author of it is the guy that did The Walking Dead, uh, Robert yeah, Kirkman. Robert Kirkman, yeah. So... And I, I do like Robert Kirkman's writing style. I yeah. I, I thought, like, you know, the, the Walking Dead... I was a huge Walking Dead fan for five and a half seasons, so... Uh, longer yeah. than me, my friend! <laughs> yeah, yeah, I stuck with it for the first five and a half seasons, and then uh, I, I lost cable, so I couldn't keep with it. And then once I got out of the loop... I just never got back into it, and I all I've heard is bad things after that. So I'm like, well, you know, I'm not that enticed to go back to the show because, like, after season seven, like, it just sounds like it's downhill. So I haven't watched The Walking Dead in a long time, but I, I have been wanting to check out Invincible. I like that this is animated and not live action. So oh, they wouldn't be able to do this live action. I I they wouldn't have been able to just because of the things that they do in the comic, they would not be able to do in live action without it being over like Disney Marvel level of, of support. Let's just say that. Well, much. I've said the same thing about one piece yet. Netflix is getting a live action one piece series. So, well, but Netflix has a lot of money. Yeah. But I don't know if they're going to invest the money into making a live action one piece look good because <laughs> mm. it's going to well, need a crap ton of cgi yeah we'll see but the because I, I really want to talk about it but the twist of how the first episode is would spoil how i feel about the series and i kind of can't talk about it <laughs> okay yeah i do have an amazon prime account so i, I should be able to watch it so like i said Watch the first episode and just if you don't feel like you can stick with the series because of how the first episode is, I completely understand. And then you'll know why this was specifically animated for the reason why it was animated. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Like I said, I do I do want to see it. Like I said, I, I've seen it. I've heard a lot of good buzz about it. How many episodes of Invincible are there? There's only eight. Okay. Is the full first season out, or are they still yeah, in the middle it, of the first season? The, the, the season ended today. Oh, okay. Okay, cool. So I could just sit and binge the whole first season? Yeah, if you want to. Cool. It, is it 30-minute th episodes? It will, be, it will be very jarring, but yeah, you could. <laughs> I, I, I like jarring. Is it 30-minute episodes? Occasionally. Occasionally. <laughs> it's like 40-minute 40, 40 episodes. Oh, that's that's fine, yeah. Like I haven't watched that many Amazon shows, so I didn't know like how mu how much they stick to their their timestamps. Like, because yeah, obviously they, do they don't have to. Hour, yeah, hour ish shows. Yeah, they don't they don't have to fill in a TV block, and they don't have to time for advertisements. So you know, they each well, episode can be as long as they want it to be. I mean, there's there's that that's also a double edged sword because Disney Plus does that for WandaVision. Yeah. But, that's because WandaVision is in the air of the old the sitcoms, so... Yeah. Well, I heard, uh... Wasn't a lot of the Mandalorian episodes also about 30 minutes long? No. Um, the first couple were, but they're all, like, 40 minutes an hour. Oh, okay. There's that. <laughs> but that, there's nothing much I've been really keeping up with. Yeah, there's, there's nothing too much besides that. But with that, it's good to talk eventually. Yeah. So, so let's go on to the Oricon, which should be amazing. The Oricon! <laughs> it was yeah, a fabulous week. Not really. Of just, just, <laughs> eh, it is what it is. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't begrudge it. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's the name of the game. Some weeks are better than others, but yeah. 
I mean, you only get like, what, two releases and one of them was just a single. Just a single digital track, so. Yeah. When the physical release comes out with this, it'll be a little bit better, but. With that, let's go into the Orkan this week. At number 10 is Wasudena by Awesome City Club. This will probably be the last time we'll see it because it's going down. But this week it sold a lovely 22,585 points. Going on up to number 9, it is Usewa by Ado. Good for her that she's been sticking on this. This probably will be the last time we'll see her as well for this track. This week it sold a lovely 23,489 points. Going on up to number 8, it is Dynamite by BTS. It is what it is for BTS, so I'll probably be up here again next week. So This week I sold a lovely 24,735 points. Going on up to number 7, it is Yorunika Kerubaya Sobi. Not much we can add here. This week it sold a lovely 26,861 points. Going on up to number 6, it is Dry Flower by UD. Not much we can say. I'm I'm hoping that his new single Hiko Usen will get up there, so it'll be very good to talk about. But this week, Dry Flowers sold a lovely twenty six thousand nine hundred and seventy seven points. Going on up to our first new track of the week, it is Renegades by One OK Rock. So I don't know if you've listened to Run OK Rock, Gray, or if this is your first introduction. I know that they are very popular, but I think this is your yeah, real the, first sit down with them. Honestly. Yeah, I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't think I've ever listened to any of their music before. I'm familiar with the group. I've, I've heard of them. But yeah, this is like, I think my first time sitting down and listening to them. And it was an interesting experience. Uh, I, 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 don't know, I don't know how to feel about Renegades. It's an interesting track. But... I don't know. To me, it's it's a mid-tempo song, and there's not there's nothing really minus the fact the whole song's in English. To me, like there wasn't anything that really stood out about this track particularly. It kind of just kind of faded into the background a little bit. So I, I don't know. I I thought it was okay. I'd be interested it's, to hear more of their music. It's not one of their best tracks, I think. Like you yeah. said, it is okay, but they are known in singing in English, so that's not really a. It's not a novelty for them. <laughs> it's not a novelty. It's not a, a not a rare thing, so to speak. Yeah. It's pretty much why they're popular and why they are known for to the West specifically. They yeah. they have a bunch of Western tours as well too, so I'm pretty yeah. sure Luna would probably feel the same way, but we'll see because I'm pretty sure this will be up here next week as well. It's part of the yep. Roni Kenshin movie, so that's probably the reason why it's on here. And I could see that being like a a fitting song for that movie. So I mean, they've, uh, they've always they've always teamed up with Kenshin. All their movies have been using a one okay yeah. rock song. So yeah, it's kind of like the thing with Utada and the, the Shin Gillian Moon yeah. movies. So not really too much of a straight path, so to speak, but. This week, Renegades, it is a digital-only release, so once again, when the physical release comes out, we'll probably see this sell a little bit more. But this week, it sold a lovely 27,520 points. Going on up to number four, it is Bomb by Sakurazaka46. Nothing really changed in my personal opinion about this song. So, Yeah, my, my opinion's still about the same, too. <laughs> Which I yeah, liked it, so, so, this so week, you know... <laughs> So this week it sold a lovely twenty eight thousand four hundred and forty six points. Going on up to number three, it is Kaibutsu and Yasashi Suisei by Yasobi. And I'm pretty sure because of the fact that B Stars is going to air here fairly soon, so I can see this being in the the limelight just a little bit more. But this week it sold a lovely 40,240 points. And going on up to number two, once again, it is Take a Picture and Poppin' Shaken by Niju. Still sold very well, debate compared to what we usually think of Niju. So they'll probably be here another week or two, give or take. But 
This week it's at a lovely 54,280 points. And going on up to number one, it is Hitori Janai by Seventeen, the Korean, the K-pop group here. So what did you think of them this time around? Because this is, I believe, their second or third Japanese release. Yeah, yeah so it's like second or third time. Uh, it's not bad. I, I don't... I don't love this track, but I don't think it's bad. I think it's pretty serviceable. I think the vocals in it's done really well. I think the rap in it's pretty decent. But I don't know. It's not quite clicking for me. It's like mm-hmm. it's mostly there, like ninety five percent there. It's like missing that five percent for me uh, mm-hmm. to where I could like really love it. But as it stands, it's a solid song. I don't think it's bad in any meaningful manner. I think it's really pretty solid overall. And I actually, of the times that we've covered something, I think this is probably my favorite track that they've done. Yeah, I'm gonna double down on this. I thought it was a fairly decent track as well. Personally, I know 17 is going to be the next big thing in the Japanese market, so I can see them just kind of testing the waters of their vocal range. That's why this one is a little bit more mellowed out, in my opinion, compared to a lot of their previous track, so. Yeah, and the thing that I really like about Hitoli Janai is you can really hear their vocal work in this. They harmonize really well. They hit the notes really well, too. They have great vocals, and so, so the, you know, you can really see them. I, I, I think, I mean, I don't want to undercut them. I'm certain they have, like, some bangers in Korean, but... I could see them like dropping like some really baller ballads or something here in the near not too distant future, and when they do that, I will I will probably listen to that on repeat. And like I said, this song's mostly there for me. It just needs like a like I said, this little, like a five percent. But and, and honestly, I could come up on this in a week or two because the more I hear it, the more I like it. So. Yeah, nothing much I can add on here. It's a fairly decent track, so we'll probably see it on here for next week as well. So, But regardless, Hitori Janai sold a lovely 329,273 points here. And with that, let's continue on to the albums just real fast here. So you got the book by Yasobi at number 10. You got the Near Replica official soundtrack at number 9. Makes sense because the game is out. You got... Shine by Don't Call Me Shine Volume 7 by the newly appointed. I, I guess Shiny I'm Shine, I'm, I no no clue. I've I've been scolded on many occasions on how to pronounce this group, so. But you got number seven and one last kiss by Hikaru Utada, so there's that. Then you got the animation track for Jujutsu Kaisen, the original soundtrack for that on well. You got Bouquet by the Hollow Live Idol Project, so congratulations to them. You got Enchant by Orbit, which is their first mini album, I believe. It's another Korean Japanese boy group here, so. And then on first, once again, it is B by BTS, so probably the physical version of this, or just coming up in relevancy once again, so. Regardless, I want to say thank you for joining us on this episode of Ungakudio. We'll probably hear what Luna has to say for the Oricon fairly soon, so be in tune for that for next week. But yeah, you can find us on all social media platforms at Ongakudu on Twitter and Instagram. You can find the site at ongakudu.com. Be sure to check it out because we have a lovely interview with The Charm Park, so go check that out on the site. We also have a bunch of other lovely, lovely partners. Karyu Hunter, he it is a variety streamer who just finished his subathon thing there and he was playing a lot of horrible games. He was playing Superman 64 for God's sakes. So bless that man. You can find him on twitch.tv slash Hunter K-Y-O-R-Y-U-H-U-N-T-E-R. You can also find TimberTaff who is a variety streamer and is going crazy at me bugging him for Kingdom Hearts whatever level run at this point. But you can check him out at twitch.tv slash TimberTaft, T-I-M-B-E-R-T-A-F-T. You can also check out the Luna sister Rose, who's probably going through Monster Hunter a whole lot. But I'm surprised you haven't mentioned Monster Hunter. <laughs> yep. I'm surprised you haven't mentioned it. That wasn't a yes or no question. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, I had gotten a text message. I, I mean, yeah, um, 
I need to talk more about Monster Hunter on my Twitter feed. Yeah, uh, it's a good game. Uh, it's really good. I'm I'm only HR four, so I'm I'm still getting through it. But yeah, I'm I'm still playing it, still loving it, and I I I don't want to say it's my favorite. I still think World's better, but uh, I do I do like some of the things that they've done in in Rise. So uh, I, I I do like it a lot, and I do like the the fact that I can kind of play it in bed. Like that is that that's a good selling point right there. It's like, oh, I mean, you, know, you can I, play World in bed. You just have to use your veto. <laughs> well, my wife doesn't like TVs in the bedroom, so <laughs> so we. I, I said your Vita, your Vita. Uh, uh, oh yeah. God, I I need to dig that thing up. I have one somewhere. Yeah, you can check out Luna Sister Rose at twitch.tv slash rainstarkitty R-A-I-N-S-T-A-R-K-I-T-T-Y You can also check out Fangirl Has No Name who is a lovely variety streamer in her and of herself. She is going through Final Fantasy VII Remake which, once again, if you ever visit her please do not talk about the original seven. She has no idea she's going into this dry as dry can be. And you can check her out at twitch.tv slash Fangirl has no name. F-A-N-G-I-R-L-H-A-S-N-O-N-A-M-E. You can also check out the video game podcast that I do with Kill, Timber, and Fangirl, which we mentioned earlier, called Potosaurus. This week we talked about a lovely a lot of things, such as Cyberpunk 2077, Half-Life Alex, the Resident Evil showcase that happened a little while back, and the Resident Evil 4 VR. So if you want any of those conversations strike you at any point, go check it out by looking up Cardio Hunter, same as his Twitch channel on all podcast streaming services. You can find me on Twitter at OTYCan1 where I talk about Bang Dream, Aina Aiba, Roboco Herobo, and more Aina Aiba stuff. You can also find Luna at LunaMarie87 on all lovely social media platforms, Twitter, Instagram. Where can we find you, Gray? You can find me on Twitter, I don't Gray, where I tweet about what I'm watching, what I'm playing, all that fun jazz. I know I was talking a lot about uh, Kikai Sentai Zenkaiju uh, this week on my Twitter. So if you are into Zen, uh, Super Sentai or Kamen Rider or Monster Hunter, follow me there. Yeah, once again, I want to say thank you for listening to this week's episode of Ongaku to You. I'm your host, Ken, saying thank you very much and have a great day. Aloha. And this is Gray, wishing everyone a good day, and we will be right back here next week. Bye-bye.